Hello everyone and welcome to the Real Real Estate Rundown put on by Real Realtors. My name is Jessica Trezuto. I'm a real estate agent here in Keller Williams, Antelope Valley, and I'm bringing you episode four. Um, I just wanted to say thank you for everyone who is supporting me and listening during this time. Um, I am extremely grateful and thank you for joining me on this journey. So where we left off was we're discussing the 10 steps on how to buy a home. Um, And I'm going to recap. We are on step six today. So step one, how much can you afford? You know, you sit down, you create your budget. There are so many tools out there that um, I feel like sometimes we get confused and we try to put all of them together and we just have to find out which way works for us. Um, I'm currently tracking my spending and I I don't think that you can create a budget in one day and then say, oh, you know, my budget's done. It's not like that. Um, it, it's, it's personal. It's called a personal budget. You know, you may have a category that maybe your friend or a parent of yours doesn't have, and that's okay because whatever is important in your life and you're going to have a category for, so... Um, your budget is a, you know, a reflection of you. So kind of take time and sit down and, and write down what those goals are. And if you want to track your spending, like I'm doing, then you can see at the end of the month or weekly, are those, um, are those amounts, are you okay with those amounts? Are you okay with spending that much money on food or entertainment? And if not adjust or give yourself a limit and say, I only want to spend $100 on entertainment next month and then try to do it. Um, That would be my opinion. Uh, Number two, step two, find a realtor. Um, Someone who works, you know, nonstop that is viewing homes every day, talking to clients every day, someone who knows the market, someone you can trust and and ask all of your questions during this process. It's a, it's a scary um, feat, but it doesn't mean that you know, you can't do it. So I recommend um, working with a professional and um, I can help you find a Keller Williams agent near you if you need help. Or if you're down in Southern California, I'd love to help um, and kind of get the journey going. Um, So step three, talk to a loan officer. So you found your realtor and they can definitely help you find your loan officer and it, this is someone in the process too. You want to be comfortable speaking with and asking those, those tough questions. And what are the long-term effects of my decision today? Um, ask those questions because the money you're spending today, you're in, you know, you're not just throwing it in the trash can. I believe that you're creating a, an investment that long-term you'll, you'll see the rewards. That's why I like to say, invest in yourself. Um, so next step after talking to a loan officer, so you, you spoke with them, you gave them your financials. Now you have a number in mind, um, for the purchase price of your new home or your second home or third home, wherever you are in your journey. And now you can look at homes. So you have this, so, so you're looking at homes and I know we're doing a, a, a recap, so I'll, I'll be brief, um, you look for homes. What do you like? What do you don't like? 
Um, do you like the area? Is it close to stores? Is it close to your kid's school? Um, could you see yourself living here long-term? Um, at least two years is what I always say. You, you have to, you have to love it. Um, a former agent of mine told, told me that before. Um, you have to at least love it for two years. Um, and again, when you get into capital gains, taxes and all that, you want to talk to, um, your tax professional or your CPA. Um, Okay, so step six, welcome to today's episode, submit an offer. So you're at the point where you love this home. You found a home and you've thought about it. You've wrote the pros and the cons down and you're like, yep, this is the home I see myself living in. So let's let the seller know that you want to buy it and when you have me as your realtor on your side, I am your advocate. I make sure that all of your needs are written down in the contract. Then that is communicated to the seller. Um, and then we sit back and say, and then we wait. Um, we submit the offer and it could go back and forth a few times um, before we have a contract that we say, okay, let's let's go and let's execute. Um but we just basically agree on the price for the most part. Um, and I always like to make sure that it's fair for both sides. Um, you know, it's not always about like, oh, let's get the best deal for my client no matter what. I don't think that that's the way um, real estate should be done. I think that you're kind of looking at both both sides and you're looking at how they could both benefit from this and walk away with a win-win. And that's kind of the Keller Williams standard. And I totally agree with that. And I think that's one of the reasons um, Keller Williams attracted me as a real estate agent. Um, it is about the win-win and in, in life. And when we, we speak to people and talk to people, yeah, we're doing business, but at the end of the day, everyone is still a person. So um, I find that's important. So the offer's in we, we, and we wait and it's, it's either accepted or they come back with a counter and then you can decide again. Um, you can reject it. Um, and this part is, is individual and there's many variations. I could sit here and talk about different, um, different types of offer situations, but it, it's really just different and dependent on what's important to you as the homeowner and, and the seller. And, um, okay. So what is in this offer that we're writing? Okay. The price, well, how much do you want to offer? Um, cause I can sit down and, and show you the comparables of the homes, you know, the homes that compare to the home you want to buy that have recently sold, you know, in the past, you know, three months, I would say, um, what is pending now? Um, look at the days on the market, you know, all of these factors, and then you can come in and, and whatever you're comfortable offering as the buyer, um, we write, we write that down on the, in the contract. Um, we also put in dates that we have to have things done by. So we'll need inspections done. We'll need um, appraisals done. So we'll put the timelines in there and then also the close of escrow. So the day that you get the keys in your hand, all of these dates are laid out ahead of time. But I also like to say that 
they can be negotiated throughout the process. And there's just kind of like a, a guideline to get the, the ball rolling. Um, cause escrow could take 60, you know, 30, 60 to 90 days. Um, just depending on the situation, getting your loan funded, getting the inspections done. Now there is something else I wanted to bring up in this section was, um, so you'll, you'll get a, a home inspection. So just a general, um, someone can come in and, and they'll try everything, you know, air conditioner, heater, um, you know, surface kind of like what they can see, they'll write it down. Now these, these reports can be a little scary just because I think sometimes they'll put any, any and everything down. Um, I mean, it comes in a binder, um, to give you a kind of a, an idea of what the inspection looks like when, once you get it. So just imagine yourself, if you've never bought a home before, here you are putting this offer in and all of a sudden you're like, well, let's just see, you know, if there's anything wrong, you know, maybe they'll just say like, oh, fix the doorknob and fix that stair. Like, no, they give you this binder with sections of like room by room. And then I think also like by type, like electrical and, and this, this huge report and, but don't be afraid of it. You know, don't ask for a request for repairs and come back and say, oh, the seller needs to fix everything in this binder. That's just not realistic. It just kind of gives you an outline of, hey, things to, you could potentially be aware of. Um, but also there are things on there that maybe the seller does need to address. Um, like they'll have it at the top of the report. Like if there's a safety issue um, or something like that. And that would be something, you know, reasonably that you could do to request um, the seller to fix before you buy it. Um, and again, it's negotiations, you know, you want to ask for as much as you seem, you know, seem fair as, as you see fit, because um, when you are getting this binder, you're like, oh, I'm not buying this house unless they fix everything in there and that's just not realistic. Um, and sometimes the home inspectors can, I've seen statements made that are just way out there and, and, and every, everyone's opinion is different. Um, so, you know, just kind of take it as awareness and, um, we seemed to have jumped into step seven. So step six was, submit an offer. And step seven is now that your offer is accepted and, and we got the green light, we're getting our inspections done. Um, so as the potential new home buyer, you're scheduling a home inspection. That's something, you know, your real estate agent, I could help you do. Um, we, you know, we may have 17 days in the contract to get this done, but let's order the the, you know, the inspector day one, so we can get the report and have more time in, on our hands to our benefit in, in the negotiation. So order the inspections. Um, inspections, I say, as a plural, because you also you, you'll want to have your general inspector come in. And then also a termite inspector. Um, that's that's their specialty. So you want them to come in and say, hey, you know, is it safe? And the point I wanted to bring up here was you may have 
you may want to have more research done. So say you get the inspections done and and some things pop up that are maybe some red flags for you that you want more information on, then you can then hire that professional. So in my case, uh, my inspection, one of my inspections came back and I said, um, it was a gas fireplace and it, you know, the pilot light wasn't lit and, um, the general inspector, I think in the case, you know, he couldn't go too deep into it. So the recommendation from my realtor at that time, cause I wasn't a real estate agent then was, um, to hire, um, a fireplace inspector specialist to come out and have an inspection done on the fireplace. I chose not to have that inspection done because I knew at that point the home already checked all of my boxes and that the fireplace would only be um, a perk and a plus if it did work and it wasn't going to be a deal breaker if it didn't. But however, in your case, if it is something like the air conditioner or the heater um, or maybe a general inspector may just be writing notes on it, you could call in an actual specialist and have them, you know, look at what they do best and what they do every day. Um, and kind of say, you know, what kind of life is, is left on this, um, device or heater or air conditioner or swamp cooler, um, or water heater, something that, um, that maybe you might have to put a lot of money into to fix, um, if it breaks down and as a new homeowner, you kind of want to avoid those, you know, the big co- you know, the big breakdowns. And that's why I always recommend, um, clients get a home warranty. And that's what that basically covers is in that first year or two years, whatever term, um, you know, there's different plans out there you can sign up for. Um, it, they will cover those big, those big expenses. Cause they know it's, that you just bought it. And it's kind of like your peace of mind, home warranty. Um, so I recommend getting that. And what else are we on? So you're getting your inspections done. Step eight during this time. And again, these are not like 10 checklists where you're like, okay, once the home inspection is done, now let's do the appraisal. We're kind of doing a lot of these at the same time. So your appraisal which to me was a foreign word um, for a long time until until I began my first home purchase. And it's some it's basically a word meaning um, what what is the value? What is the value of it today, right now, at this moment? If we could stop time and just look at everything, uh, everything that has sold, everything that has been bought. Um, what is it worth? Because the bank, so the, the appraisal, so someone from, okay, let me back up. You as the buyer, um, are going to want a loan in most cases. Okay. So in order for you to get this loan, I like to explain to my clients that the bank needs to be sure that you're not just making an offer on a home that's five times the price of what the bank could get for it tomorrow kind of thing, if that makes sense. So the appraisal is ordered. So someone from 
someone from the bank comes out and appraises it, basically looks inside. They're going to um, just take note of what the, what are the aspects of the property that could potentially give it value. So we're talking swimming pools. Um, maybe the location it might be close to desirable locations. Um, but mostly we're kind of talking about the amenities of the home itself in comparison to homes around it and and what it's sold for. So the appraiser can literally go in there and give value to certain attributes of a certain market of a certain neighborhood. A pool might be um, a $10,000 difference. And it's basically on paper, the it's a check that we kind of don't have, we don't have control over as realtors, as the buyer and the seller. It's kind of like this third party person that comes in and gives their opinion about the transaction. Um, so you can see the pros and the cons in that, um, but maybe kind of like a checks and balances thing just to make sure that um, everyone's being treated fairly price wise and that the customer is getting um, a home for the right price and also that the seller is getting the money that they deserve for the asset that they're letting go. Um, so this, this third person comes in and then as the buyer, you're going to get this report. You're going to get the report that you're going to see which homes that the appraiser used in comparing your price. So no matter like, like, for example, the appraiser knows what the price of the home is and what you offered most times. That's from, at least from my understanding. And um, so when the report comes back, let's say as the buyer, let's say I'm your realtor and we offered 300000 on this home. So we get the home inspection done and then the appraisal comes back. So the appraiser prepares the appraisal. And when the appraisal comes back, it might say that the home is worth 295000 And we can sit here and argue for days and like, no, it's 300000 And And I have heard of agents, um, kind of, uh, what's the word? I have heard of agents challenging an appraisal. Um, with the success rate being low, but, um, there's always a chance, you know, if, if you have a question or something, bring it to your realtor and then, um, I can bring it. I can't, I can't speak directly with the appraiser, but I can bring it up with the, um, with the escrow company, I believe. And they can, they can communicate for us if there's um, a discrepancy and we can prove it. Um, but let's say everything aside, the appraisal comes back at 295,000. Well, that means that the bank will only give you that much money to buy the house. So it's always good to have a little cash in reserves because you're going to need, you know, your down payment, um, pay for your inspections out of pocket before close. And maybe for things like this, maybe the bank is only going to say, hey, this, this is a great home, but to be honest, based on the market and based on my appraiser, um, they only think it's worth 295,000. So I'm sorry, but I can only give you 295,000 to buy this home. As the home buyer, you can come out of pocket $5,000 
because you're this far in the process of buying the home, you, it's almost yours. Do you want it or, or not? I mean, at this point, maybe you don't have the $5,000. And that's why go back to when we're creating a budget and going to submit an offer, make sure that you have wiggle room and that you're not kind of maxing out everything so that in case, if you do need $5,000 just to close because of a situation like this, you know, just maybe be prepared. And I'm, I'm extremely grateful and thankful that I'm able to share my stories through here so that other home buyers in the future can be aware of this and then make decisions as they see fit. Um, because you really don't know what you don't know until you go through it, um, until you listen to other people who have done it or, or speak to professionals. Um, because I don't want you to just walk away and say, oh no, I guess I can't buy this house anymore. And also on the other, on the flip side of that is if the appraisal comes back higher than what you are offering on the property as the buyer, you're almost like excited, like, wow, that's awesome. I'm, that means I'm getting a, a good deal. I'm paying less than it's worth. And you're basically going to attain keys and walk into equity, which is the whole goal of buying real estate and waiting because your equity builds up, the price of the home goes up and your payment stays the same. Okay, so the home inspection is done, the appraisal is done, and as the buyer and as you're sitting there with your realtor with, with all of this information in, in front of you, you now need to make a decision and um, maybe send some things to the seller. So at this time, now that you have both in hand, now this is the time where we wanna send a request for repairs if you want. So is there anything from the inspection that you think must be fixed before buying? Like this is a safety hazard. This has to, you know, or please at least do this much out of everything. Maybe pick a few. Because at this point, remember, we're still in a negotiation. We still want to make sure everyone is going to walk away with a win-win. And you don't want to ask for too much. And then they say no or walk away. We don't want anyone to be discouraged in this deal at all because at the end, we really, we really know what, what the goal is. The goal is to exchange keys so that we have a new homeowner and the person that sold the home is now going to get cash. So everyone's emotions might be high and no, this house is worth this much. And so it gets, it gets high strung. And we want to make sure at the end of the day, we really know that we're really just trying to trade, um, uh, you know, and make sure everyone comes out thinking that they, that they won and that they did not just thinking that they did. That's, that's not cool. But, um, but actually a win-win situation for both. And at the end of the day, I think everyone walks away a winner. And that, ladies and gentlemen, brings me to step 10 of how to buy a home, which is close the deal. So basically, you get to the very end and all the boxes are checked and all your T's are crossed and all, all of your I's are dotted. 
And then this is the day that you sign the loan documents and your promissory note. You know, you're signing a note as a new buyer and you're promising to pay for 30 years this amount if you got a, um, a fixed rate, you know, you know what your payment will be for 30 years and your or for 15 years. Hey, there's some of us that maybe want to get a 15 year loan and be super intentional and super dedicated, um, or rent some rooms out along the way to get this mortgage paid off. And so you're signing the promissory note. You are getting your keys in, in your hand on this day and you get to walk into your new home. Um, I'm hoping that this podcast is helping to bring awareness to the steps in that um, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter if you're single or married or have kids or not. Homeownership, I think, should be a goal for everyone just in, in the fact that it's your biggest living expense. And this idea that I should be paying for my living expenses for life. I mean, if, if one, and now this is where I get into kind of my, if you step back and think a 30 year loan, well, let's say you're 20. When you buy your house, it will be paid off by 50. Um, and then you have the rest of your life to live mortgage free, um, or you're saving money for a next home, or maybe you're traveling because you don't have a mortgage. But to speed that process up, so maybe you're 20 years old and you get a 15-year mortgage, how does it sound when you're 35 with your largest asset paid off? With your largest chunk, and I don't even want to say, it's, it's your largest expense each month, not an asset. It's your largest expense. So when you are thinking you don't always have to increase your income increase your mortgage and have it be a wash you can maybe eliminate your living expense at some point and then have your money go towards investments or other homes for rentals or maybe you want to travel the world for a year write it down write your goals down figure out if real estate fits into that plan or not Buying a home may not be for everyone. Um, some people may want to buy one home and live there forever. Some may want to buy a home every five years and move up using their equity, using their, you know, any strategy that you come up with that you want to do, go do it. Okay, I wanted to do a segment um, f- for the market update. Um The California Association of Realtors, we call it CAR, C-A-R. That is where I get a lot of my market information that has to do with the state or if I wanted to look up a certain county, um, they have all the the statistics there. It's easy for me to look up and say um, what's happening or what might happen in the future if you look at the trends. And I wanted to share with you what California as a whole is doing. Um, So this report came out in November of 2019 and it kind of gives a 
a summary of how we did for the year. Um, one thing I want to bring up that was interesting was that it said that sales remained above 400,000 for the fifth consecutive month. And we're talking specifically about California and the number of homes it used to get this, to get this number is 402,000. So it's interesting how we're staying up there and I'm on slide two of 47. So if you want to go look at this, it's on the car website, car.org. Or if you go to my Facebook business page, realtor, Jessica Trizuto, I posted it there as well. Um, because it's pretty consistent in terms of height for the, for the bar graph. Um, except when you look at September of 2007, where it dips to, let's call that, let's call that 250,000. So as a state, that's when we dropped the last time and it, um, we've been pretty consistent. So that's, it's a good sign, huh? Um, California home sales continue to improve. Okay, so here they broke down the regions for California. So up north, um, where I'm from, the Bay Area sales growth dipped again after two months of slight uptick. So, and again, we're getting into November where Thanksgiving and Christmas, where the market may not reflect um, its actual state because a lot of people, I feel, um, kind of stopped buying and selling more to focus on family and food. And, um, and as we kind of come out of that and the kids go back to school and, and I think we're going to see a continuance of, of buying and selling and the market going up and, and we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, so let's, let's speak on Southern California. The report says that Southern California sales grew at a slower pace in November. So again, we're growing, even though it says slower pace, we're, we're growing. Um, homes are coming up on the market. Families are being able to buy them. Um, and then it talks about the Central Valley. The Central Valley sales growth softened, but remained positive. So we're hitting, we're doing all these things right. We are, and I think what's even, what's helping even more, um, is our mortgage interest rates keep falling and that's only going to make the homes more accessible for families, um, and more available. Um, so I'm on slide 23. It says mortgage payment declined for the ninth consecutive month, despite higher median price. So they're, they're making it more affordable for us. Um, the all-time price of the home might be at its highest right now. So if you look over time, um, but what's happening is this steady increase and then a correction, a steady increase and a correction. So with mortgage rates being so low, um, and I have a special guest coming on. His name is um, The Mortgage Doctor. And I'm going to bring him in here and ask him some questions about um, the mortgage rates and what it, what does he think um, is coming ahead for future home buyers and future home sellers. And 
because I make this joke of if the feds keep lowering and lowering and lowering, I mean, does it go to zero or, um, so we're just able to get loans. I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. Um, it was just a thought that I was like, well, how, how much lower can we actually go before it's, um, no charge. So I kind of want his thoughts on that. And, um, I'm looking forward to sharing him with my audience. And I also want to know what, what feedback, what feedback do you guys want to know more about? What, what questions do you have about real estate that maybe I can bring some experts in and answer? Because I think no question is too small and, and we all have different ideas of wealth and success and, and what does that mean to you? Um, what does that look like in your life? Because, um, as I start this new venture and and with a podcast, I just want to bring awareness and also bring my perspective and, um, just coming from different backgrounds, coming from the education sector and now jumping into real estate. I feel, I feel excited um, using my skills um, as an educator to help people buy and sell homes. I'm just so excited. So please, 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 if you have any questions or comments, please reach out to me um, on the Anchor FM. I believe the URL, if you go online, um, or maybe from your app, you're able to send me an audio message regarding the show, and then I can use them and play them. Um, so if that's something that you see on your platform, please reach out. I'm pretty sure that's interesting to go back and forth. And I look forward to meeting new people and thank you for listening to the real real estate rundown brought to you by me, Jessica Trizuto. They call me realtor Trizuto and see you next time. Bye-bye.